Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we are going to be moving through our scholarly ways once more this week. (laughs) (laughs) So we started last week with the history of witchcraft as a way to kind of kick off the new year of 2023. And this episode, we're going to be talking about two types of Wicca. So Veronica, you're going to be sharing about what? Gardnerian Wicca. (laughs) And I'm going to be talking about the fairy tradition. And that's F-E-R-I, not F-A-E-R-Y, which is also another tradition. So F-E-R-Y, I. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah, in case it wasn't confusing enough, friends, there are multiple fairy traditions. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. I actually didn't know that either until I started doing my research. I like to spell it with an A-E just because it looks cooler to me. So I didn't know. I was like, I always use it interchangeably. It's not. Oh. Well, not for this. Yeah. I, mean, I use it. I use F-A-I-R-Y, F-A-E-R-I-E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Y. I use all those interchangeably to talk about the fae. Yes. Or fairy, like the land yeah. of fairy. But this is actually different when we're talking about the different sects of Wicca. Cool. So, F-E-R-I. That's <laughs> what we're talking about. You want to kick us off, e? I would love to. Um, wow. So- <laughs> great. That was enthusiastic. Let's go. So when Emily and I were talking about, you know, the different sects, and I, um, Emily's like, oh, you know, Gardneri. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to look into that one. But then when I started researching, I really noticed like, oh, these are foundations um, that modern day Wicca is founded on. Like what I, how I celebrate and what I was taught. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's the origins of a lot Um just find foundational pieces that are kind of linked over. So um, I got this information on Wikipedia because they just had so much good stuff. And it was just like outright, just very, very easy to read and like, oh, okay, that's what that's about. So this was founded by a gentleman. And then Emily, if you, if there's anything that you know or hear, please chime in or ask questions. Yeah, I'll do my I, best. Uh, my my top of off of my head information is pretty uh, limited, although I'll be interested to see what gets pinged for me in my brain listening to you. Um, and I don't have notes on this because I left it all in your court, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I got it. I got it. Um, so the gentleman who started this, his name is Gerald Gardner, and he um, was born in 1884 and died in 1964 um he they say he was a british scholar of magic and he actually learned his magic through a coven called the new forest and that was in about 1939 and at that 
And he um, formed his own coven out of that, which is called the Brickett? Brickett Wood Coven. Okay. Um, Are you trying to read your handwriting right now? I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and his first published um, his first published book was published in the 1950s about his form of Wicca. Mm-hmm. And this this kind of the his his form of Wicca, um, they're saying is kind of the earliest of our Wiccan traditions. So 1939 through 1950, like, so he was, you know, part of that first, first uh, coven in 1939. And the 1950s, he published like kind of what he knew and all of it around what he celebrated. Um, And so some of the foundations of what, you know, they celebrate are um, two principal deities, the horned God and the mother goddess. Ooh, this so, goes back to that myth we were talking about last week. Remember the the yes. wicked myth that that was the old religion, the original all-encompassing religion, just focused on those two deities? Yes. Sorry, I yes. Go, Please go ahead. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good. I was like, oh, oh, I know something. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think this is like, these are foundational pieces because even today in modern day Wicca, we have the masculine, the feminine, the yes. goddess and the god, um, where other, you know, sex of Wicca that we talk about maybe just accented one or the other. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So um, they'll, they even um, celebrate, you know, the spe- specific names of god and goddesses. And they have an amount of secrecy and they don't like to talk much about what their actual practices are. Um, to people who are not initiated into their sect of Wicca. That is what I've heard. I've heard mm-hmm. that it's a very closed practice. Yes. And that although um, people know about Gardnerian uh, Wicca, it is not something that is, the, the information of what happens within their workings is not well known or shared. It's, no, it's and secret. S- yeah, and so the the rest of the info that I have is kind of like some foundations of things that they believe, and um, but from there there is nothing on what they actually do. So that's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, I mean it's kind of cool because you, you know it still has that mist- guise of mystery about it. You're like, oh, I wonder what that's about. But yeah, so they have three. Um, they they called this grades of initiation. So things that they initiates um, have to follow, and one is called the Wiccan read. Uh-huh. And Emily, you know about this one. Well, yeah, and it we first started yeah. out, we were like, oh yeah, the Wiccan read. We got to follow this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> remember? I don't know where that came from. Do you now? Like you know I where did, it came I, from? Yeah, I came. Well, they're saying that this was a guideline that they followed. But do you know where the origins of it are from? No, you tell me. I don't know. <laughs> you keep talking, and I'm gonna look it up, yo. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, the wicked read being it, part of it is, and it harm none. Do as thou wilt. Um. So this they use this as a guideline and a recommendation. They said so, like. We just recommend that any magic or, you know, workings that you do, um, you do so it doesn't harm anybody. 
So go, go ahead, you know, thou wilt like go ahead and do it just as long as nobody gets hurt. Um, it's longer than that though, isn't it? It is. This is a short, just a quotation, just a shortened. Yeah. That's kind of like the overall piece of like, you know, Hey, (laughs) so everybody, it looks like it was originally, um, publicly recorded in a 1964 speech by Doreen Valiente. Okay. Um, and that, that line that you just read is one of the key, the key, it is the key phrase. Um, and then they also say that a similar phrase, this is from Wikipedia, by the way. So I know people have mixed feelings about Wikipedia, but I couldn't find it in my book super fast. So, uh, what Wikipedia says is that a similar phrase, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law appears in Aleister Crowley's works by 1904. That makes sense. law. Right. Because Crowley was part of the inspiration, I believe, for um, for Gardnerian. Am I correct in that or am I just spewing not truths? I didn't read anything about that, but that would make sense. I mean, that's 1909. He was born in 1884 and he was practicing magic in 1939. You know, I, I can't imagine that he wasn't influenced at all. If nothing um, else, they were contemporaries. There was well, and, a, and, a contemporary yes. movement. Yes. Well, and the fact that that his tradition of Wicca was act, was using the Wiccan read, mm-hmm. it had to come mm-hmm. before. <laughs> right. Somewhere in there. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other um, kind of guideline that, is, that they go by is the rule of three. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Like, so they're, they're using Newton's law, you know, third law of motion for every action. There is an equal and opposite reaction to describe, you know, Hey, this is how you should do your workings. Like if you want good, you put good out. Right. Um, Cause that will come back to you. If, you know, if you do bad thing or you do, you know, not good workings, it's going to come back to you three times. Right. So do good folks. Do folks. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I also just want to say you were talking about the timeline here. And one of the things I referenced last week, I believe was the witchcraft act that was repealed, I believe in 1951, um, which made it so it wasn't illegal anymore. If I'm remembering correctly, that part I'm doing from memory, but once it was repealed, that's when Gardner came out with two books under his own name. And one was called witchcraft today in 1954. And the other one was Mm -hmm. the meaning of witchcraft in 1959. So just, there was a lot happening right around that time period, I think is saying that now. Yeah. Um, The fifties, the sixties, it's mm -hmm. like, and then the seventies, forget about it. (laughs) I was all like, anything goes now. Right. Shit got real, 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 yeah. real. No mm-hmm. kidding. It was like, anything goes, do it. Um, yeah. So, oh, this, this rule of th- three, you know, the, the main purpose of this was that to have thought before action in your spell work, uh-huh. um, you're not just like randomly doing, you know, and, and you know, this group, they really emphasize, and I say, um, I mean, I'm sure there's people who are still celebrating this today and oh, there's still on. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's full on Gardnerian covens and, and yes. Yeah. There, that all still exists. It's still a very active sect of Wicca today. 
I've never come in contact with anybody. Oh, okay. Have you? Um, I have, and I have actively pursued um, some groups that do it just out of curiosity. Um, And of course there's secrets. So I don't, you know, I'm on the outside of it all, but just out of curiosity, I followed like some Facebook groups and, you know, looked on Reddit and that kind of thing, just to see what people were talking about and learn a little bit more peripherally. But Did I you get anything from that. Nothing that Just profound, kind of- nothing that much more than what you're saying right now. I mean, mm-hmm. aside from there were very, it sounds like, so again, on the outside looking in, it sounds like there are very um, kind of set ways of doing things. There's a process that you move through. And if anybody is Gardnerian out there and you want to uh, mm-hmm. share with us, maybe to make sure like fact check to check us here. Uh, one of the things that my understanding was based on what I've seen, and this is just coming from people in groups, not necessarily a concrete like written source, is that there is sort of this hierarchy where you move up through um, the different layers, I guess, of of leadership. I'll say it like that. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That's my understanding. Now, yeah. is that accurate? I don't know. My under- This is, again, my lens coming through my lens. Might yeah. be foggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something else I also noticed was the the group seems to really um, emphasize educational development. Um, mm-hmm. th- they're really into being like being scholarly, and I, I think that was the foundation that Gerald was coming. Gerald Gardner was coming from is a very scholarly foundation. Um, well, so I believe they, he was an anthropologist and folklorist, so probably sort of heady, yep. I guess. Is that very heady? That's yeah. what I read. Yeah. He yeah. definitely was like, oh, yeah, he was a scholar. And so when he, you know, found he was a British scholar of magic. That sounds so cool. It does. <laughs> we are in the wrong profession, Veronica. Seriously. I'm like, oh my gosh, in the 1900s, it's like turn of the century. Yeah. I'm just like, that's amazing. Let's get um, in our time <laughs> machine and just travel back. And we are going yeah. to be, what, what is it? Magical scholars. Yeah. British. British scholars of magic. That's it. That's my new title. Put it on a nameplate and stick it on my door. Exactly. <laughs> oh gosh, that's awesome. Sorry, I digress. So I, only, I no, I only have one more piece here, and that is um, I was reading about another sect that kind of is an offshoot from Gardnerian, um, which is called the Alexandrian tradition. Okay. And so this uh, Alex Sanders. He learned from the Gardneri tradition and he and his wife, Maxine, have their or came this this new this other tradition was born out of it. And I kind of mentioned this. I I read this actually in the Harvard University website. Um, I kind of wanted to just mention this and, you know, concluding about this piece of of like things are born out of more things, you know, like Mm -hmm. one tradition can be born out of another tradition, like and in Wicca, I am, I'm seeing this and I'm finding, you know, just over the years of practicing is like, there's a lot of eclectic traditions. You know, we pull on so many different pieces yes. of spirituality that so many new things and new traditions can be born from that. And some people just take it and they're like, Hey, this is the new one. And this is what we're doing. We're celebrating this. I'm publishing a book. And, you know, there's, um, 
so yeah I just thought that was really cool that like this gardenerian tradition is yes it's a you know solid coming from its own source but also he came from a different source as well like this uh, new forest coven is where he came from um, so who knows how he took that tradition and changed it did um, you look up new forest coven just to see what I I, I didn't oh. I just was like that yeah that's interesting a- Emily's like I want to look that up I know <laughs> there's so many pieces that you could take from this like there's like a lot of different routes you can go down of like okay well what about this tradition and then this happens and then what about that tradition and his coven that he had are they still around this Brickett Wood um, coven like yeah kind of so- cool I have my copy of Drawing Down the Moon still sitting here from last week. So I just busted it open and looked up Gardner really quick. Uh, And one of the things that's just interesting to note here is that there was controversy surrounding him. Um, And and it's interesting, too, is that I talked last week about the Wiccan myth. And uh, actually, Margot Adler sort of attributes some of Gardner's story as myth as well because there is so much kind of debate about certain little aspects of it but one one of the controversies surrounding Gardner is over whether he was initiated into an authentic surviving coven from ancient times and how much of revivalist Wicca is his own invention or Crowley's or Doreen Valiente's or anyone else's um so Adler goes on to say that most writers who are not members of the craft or sympathetic to it dismissed the entire revival as a fraud completely created by Gardner. Whoa. Right. That's that it was intense. Right. It is intense. That's a pretty sweeping statement, but it's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting, you know, that there is sort of this controversy and some of this stuff, obviously we don't have records for, or it wouldn't be controversial. I'm guessing. Although people make controversy out of anything, even when there are records. <laughs> that is the, that is true. Well, and anything anything with religion too can yes. be really inflammatory. Um, you know, and and if somebody were to stand up, let's say, for instance, I'm not saying this is him because at all, because I don't know. Um, if someone were to stand up and say, This is the tradition, you know, and this is coming from ancient times, and you know, but possibly he, you know, he is a human person and he drawed on all his other <laughs> you know, aspects of other things and other religions and other people around at the time and made his own eclectic tradition, you know, maybe, or maybe it is coming from a source. And that, I guess that might be the really hard part about um, rituals and religions or sex being um, secret Mm -hmm. because you don't know unless someone stands up and says, Hey, I was part of this group and that's not real, you know, or, you know what I'm saying? And most people, that's not really what's happening. Right. So they're like, where is it really coming from? And honestly, I'm like, does it matter? Like, yes, origins matter. I mean, we're talking about origins, but also it's like, maybe it's just a piece in itself. Maybe this tradition, this gardenarian tradition is just what it is for itself. Well, and I think that, that really brings back, I think we did a podcast a while ago about belief into being, right? So if you, if something speaks to you and you believe in it, it then becomes, it then holds meaning because you believe in it. Um, 
So in some ways, even though I'm fascinated by origins, and I do think it's always worthwhile to look at the origins of things, especially, you know, where the origins of, of cultural um, practices come from and honoring those origins. But really at the end of the day, if you're uh, believing in something, that's where it then gets its juice from. Not always from the fact that it's been passed down from generation to generation, which also has its own energy with it. I'm not discrediting that at all. But if something's been passed down from generation to generation and the next generation's like, yeah, no, no, thank you. I do not. I reject that. The power mm-hmm. that it had, it no longer holds that same power. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know what I'm trying to say. I'm just hoping my words are saying it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm relating that to my own upbringing of Christian science. Uh Uh-huh. Because our, my generation is, it died off in my family. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like three generations in my family. And it's the, this is the first generation in my family. That's like, no, that doesn't hold water anymore. Right. Um, And I know that that saddens, you know, my mother and, (laughs) and, you know, cause that, that's like something that's a family thing, you know, that has brought down and for her, that's, that, that is important, you know, but I mean, she also honors the fact that we all are our own people and we have to choose our own path, but it does, it dies off and it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well then it kind of dissipates, you know? Right. So Kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's so fascinating again to just look back through time and look at where things began and how they have shifted, changed, branched off, webbed off, you know, become much more um yeah, just the lineage. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. and I mean it also it's like you have so much to choose from. I mean, I think that's yes. part of it is like, you know, fit, fit your you know, your code of witchcraft on, cause it, there's so many, like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can, I mean, this, we're just dropping a bucket here. What we're talking about, like there's so much, you know? Yes, totally. So what, what have you got on the Fae? Do you want to transition? So it's not the Fae, it's the fairy tradition. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And um, we can transition here. And what I have is actually shorter, um, a bit shorter than what where we just went with uh, Gardnerian. So uh, the fairy tradition, and and let me just say this, I mentioned in the beginning, it was F-E-R-I. It sounds like based on several different sources that I was reading um, that this was originally spelled more like fairy, like the fae, um, but there was some confusion about it being confused with a Celtic tradition of fairy. And so they changed the spelling on it to F-E-R-I. It was founded by Victor Anderson and his wife, Cora, in the 1960s. Um, They together actually taught a lot of different material um, from a wide range of cultural sources. So that material has been taken. And as we were just talking about things going down different pathways, it has been taken by people who learned from them and spun out into new directions. Um, so one of those directions, I believe, is is reclaiming, and we'll talk about that more uh, next time. But um, so one source explains that Victor 
Anderson, the founder, was a part of a coven called the Harpy Coven in Ashland, Oregon, and that their main focus was really on like practical magic. So like day-to-day kind of, when I was reading this, I was, the images that were coming to my mind based on the descriptions were like things like kitchen magic, or um, when you're crocheting a blanket and you're putting the energy into that, or uh, protection magic, you know, that those types of just day-to-day practices that are very simple, that don't need a lot of tools or ritual or fancy, you know, um, theatrical things. It's much more practical. Um, so I love everyday magic. I know me too. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I do it enough. Honestly, if I'd be honest, I don't think I do it enough. I think I sometimes move through my day and I have opportunities. I mean, we have opportunities all day long, True. but I think I get distracted into the other realm of, of, you know, getting it done, <laughs> you totally. know, as opposed to like with intention, you know, even, even when I cook, I'm like, oh, I could have totally, you know, as we're talking, I'm like, I could have, you know, I made that no bean chili the other night. Why didn't I just like stir in a little extra healing and, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I think I incorporate more practical magic than I do um elaborate ritual into my life. I feel like the way that I think about things and I think we've talked about this before, but the mm-hmm. way that I think about things uh in the world is definitely influenced by that sort of magical lens. And so when I do things, I I guess I'm superstitious and I do sort of practical everyday uh. things with maybe a little prayer or uh, a little bit extra intention or um, yeah, just, you know, a little, I'm going to anoint myself real quick before I could do this thing, or I'm going to clear my mm-hmm. energy really quick in between clients, whatever it might be. But I'm, oh yeah, I bring it in. I bring these little actions into my day to day and, and sometimes just in habit. I don't even necessarily think about them. Um, so anyway. So this is kind of a foundation you're saying of their tradition is kind of like everyday magic. Well, that was hit. So that was Victor's uh, that that was where he learned. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the coven that he was a part of before he kind of launched his own thing. At least that's my understanding. So, um, and, and I, I'll quote my sources here in a minute, but um, so th- I, one of the things that I read was an interview by a person who was actually taught by Victor and Cora, and the interview was about the fairy tradition. Um, so I'm going to quote one of the things that this person said, um, there are not a lot, uh, there are not a whole lot of rules about rituals and practices. There's almost not even a real solid intellectualized set of ethical rules. Fairy is a practice for rebellious people. <laughs> And you can't make rules for rebellious. I don't want it to seem like we are a bunch of people who just go off and do what we want. We aren't the spiritual equivalents of junkies going from one sensation to another. The process of getting in touch with the gods is to get in touch with the gods. And sometimes structure inhibits the process. Um, He goes on to talk about how fairy wants to balance um, sort of that intellectual side with really getting into your body, which of course, as a somatic psychotherapist, I'm like, yeah, bring me the connection to the body. Give me ecstatic movement. Right. Um, so, and he also goes on to say that he considers himself a sensualist, 
which I really like this idea of bringing, um, bringing a spiritual practice into the place of sensual experience. And I'm not talking sexual necessarily. I'm talking sense, like the way we experience our bodies. Um, so really embodiment practices. Uh, and that was what I was really taking away from, from this tradition is that it had a lot of heart in some of these more um, experiential, ecstatic, uh, sensual practices versus the intellectual. We do things like this. I'm acting like a robot right now. If you saw my body, um, <laughs> we do things like this, but <laughs> I don't do a very good robot. Voice. <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So really just uh, coming back more to that idea of the fairy tradition, having its roots in practical magic, but also, uh, ecstasy. And I, you know, you can take that wherever you want to take that and what that means in your mind. But my intention behind saying that is, is about the body mind experience, the really embodiment of your spiritual practice using all of your sensations. Ooh, this feels really different than the gardenarian. Yeah. Like, very different. It, it's all, it feels all like when you're talking, it feels a lot more flowy, like a river, as opposed to the Gardnerian feeling. Like, actually I see like a square. It feels very contained. Yes. You know, I guess maybe not a square, but it could be a circle, but you know what I'm saying? Like containment, like it feels very solid, like a solid structure. Um, I might. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like, I, now I'm like, I want to go to a ritual for each one of these. And you know what I'm saying? Like, what do they do? Like, what are their practices? And I wonder if they're as closed off as the gardenarians are as far as like sharing what they do. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I didn't come into anything. Nothing talked about closed practices or, you know, nothing like that, um, that I read. And one of, one of the sources I used was, um, the fairytradition.org. So it had a mm -hmm. history of fairy in it. Um, and the other one was a Pathos. Do I have it? Quick access. It was a Pathos blog or Pathos. I think it's called, it's pronounced Pathos blog um, that talked about the fairy tradition. And that was the one that had the interview in it. So yeah, it was just very, this feels a little more playful, right? Oh yeah. I mean, well, yeah. that makes sense. You think fairy, you know, when I hear fairy, I'm like, yeah, well, the fairies are playful. Like they're not going to probably just stay in one spot and, you know, have the rules and the regulations and do this this way. They're like, oh, ha ha, let's do this. Maybe we'll add this. Maybe we'll do this, you know? Right. Right. That's what, that's what it feels like to me. <laughs> now, whether a ritual feels like that, I don't know. I mean, that's, yeah. I don't know either. Cause I haven't been yeah. another one, but, uh, yeah, but it does, you know, bring, it does bring up some curiosity. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hope people listening to this, it kind of sparks their, you know, interest in maybe one or the other, or even more different traditions. Yeah. Just, just learning like, about check it out. Exactly. Go check it out. Yo, go have an experience and see how it lands for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's Facebook group groups for all of this. <laughs> I'm sure there are. I actually didn't look to see if there was a group for the fairy tradition. Yeah. Um, because I've just I haven't heard a lot about it over time, so I it's not something I've explored as much. 
Yeah. Which is also interesting since I knew reclaiming has some of its lineage there. Um, And that's where I started. Yep. That's where you started too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad this is, it's kind of fun to have a little research time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so next week we can dive into a couple more traditions. Um, and, and I hope y'all are enjoying our little library experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where we'll wrap it today. What do you think V? anything else? Sounds great. Fabulous. Well, everyone, until next time, keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? And you can do all those things. You could just click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so- do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.